The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino, and with me today are Graham Ross and Simon Holtzworth. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening. The 49ers were home this past weekend to play the Arizona Cardinals, and has been the norm this year. The 49ers lost, scoring only 10 points against a team they could have and probably should have beaten. However, the 49ers did finally show some fight when Carlos Hyde took exception to a very nasty hit by Antoine Bethea, a former 49er. Gentlemen, we had some fight in us this weekend. And wasn't that the best bit of the whole game? <laughs> it, that was far more entertaining, watching watching that. And, and I absolutely loved it, absolutely. How, even how bad we are um, as a team, that everybody's saying, you're not putting cheap shots on my quarterback and getting behind them and just taking it to them. I thought that was really showed a lot of fight in the in the team, and you know that we're not really in disarray. For an 0-19, you expect that we could the locker room could be in a lot in a bad place. That to me was a good sign. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, if you compare it to a couple of weeks back when there was some infighting on the uh, on the sideline between some of the Niners guys. You look at that, how Carlos Hyde reacted to, to the hit. And I think Carl uh, Shanahan was quoted as saying that he loved it. He echoed your words, Graham, I think, that he absolutely loved it. And, you know, despite results not going for us, I think it just showed a united locker room, which is great. Well, and I heard on the way into the locker room when he was ejected, Carlos Hyde was told by John Lynch, good job. Uh, love it. Awesome. I mean, that's what you know, that's what we're looking for. You know, we're looking for that team cohesion. Um, it was kind of sort of similar to what the '94 Niners had when Steve Young went crawling off the field, and all of a sudden the team came together and was you know fighting back for him, uh, which really I think was the turning point for that season. Um, Will it be a turning point for for the team well, this I mean, year? We're, we're going to go win the Super Bowl again this year. Let's do it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I'm 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 channeling my inner James Little today and being the eternal optimist. <laughs> yes, um, I don't think that's going to happen. But no, you know the, the realist in me says no. But it could be something that the team builds on. Because that's going to give CJ a lot of confidence in the fact that his teammates stood up for him. I think as well, I think the fact that, you, you think the fact that CJ is just getting up, right, okay, bring your next one, I don't care. You know, I, I, I'm going back on the centre straight after. He's, you know, the amount of the battering that that fella has taken um, is um, quite astounding, really, that he just, you know, gets off, dusts himself down, does it all over again. Um, that is, I think as well shows a lot, a, a lot of fight um, within the team, and but I also think it really highlights the the age old problem that we have with the um, we, we have with the line um, that, mm-hmm. that definitely does need uh, that does need sorting out. I, th- 
I think it shows when uh, Bruce Arians came out after the game, didn't he, and said that CJ Bethard was a tough SOB, I think, for his actual words. And, you know, when you're, the opposition coach is coming out and praising a quarterback for getting knocked down and getting straight back up again, it's uh, it's a good sign. He's a, he's, a, he's a tough cookie. And I think, as I said earlier, that the fight just shows a, that they're all in it. They're all in it together. They're all pulling in the same direction. They've obviously bought into what Lynch and Shanahan are, are telling them about, look, this might not, we might not get any wins this season, but bear with us. We're going in the right direction and we will get there, which is, which is pleasing. It is. I mean, Bethard was sacked five times this game, hit an additional 16 times. In three and a half games, he has been sacked 16 times and hit 47 times. And he gets up and keeps going. And now the team is rallying around him and fighting for him. It, it makes you feel like, okay, yeah, they're going in the right direction. That, that locker room is in the right place. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mentally. Yeah. And it is a case now of, uh, of evaluation, looking at well, we're not going to be winning games. We're not. You can see that. It's a case of I want to be on this team because I want to play on it next year because next year will be the start of something. And I think that's I think that's the position that that locker room's in right now. Is that I don't want I I want to fight for my place. So I've got to get better. And I think that's I think which I think is a good place to be in the circumstances that we're in. I think that's why they let a lot of the. Uh, the veterans go as well because their career is time sensitive so they might not buy into that whole well I can't really hang around I want to kind of go somewhere where I can either go to a contender or at least win games whereas the rookies and the first years are kind of just at the start of their NFL careers so they can really buy into that longer uh, outlook on, on a longer strategy of it's not going to be this year it might be next year but if not it'll be the year after and they can be part of something for the next two or three years but also look at the, you also got rid of um Rashad Robinson, who was, you know, and from what I'm hearing, there were some off the field issues, but there were some other things that, and that maybe you think, but well, no, you're not, you're not set up to be part of this. So off you go, lad. And uh, you know, yeah. I think that was it. So I think it's, it, it's not good right now. And part of me would kind of think, can we not just go straight to next season? But we can't. <laughs> but you know, keep the faith, as the saying goes. We've had some good things happen, even in this game. Um, let's talk about Reuben Foster for a bit. Oh, James, oh, James's man crush. You, you like this? Of bit. course. <laughs> so Reuben Foster recorded 13 solo and one assisted tackles, which was the highest in the NFL in Week Nine. I think that makes James happy. Hmm. Yeah, I know he was a beast, wasn't he? Yeah, and and you can see why why we drafted them and why we let Bowman go. Um, the big question with, with Foster's obviously is can he complete every game that he starts? Um, that was his first game um, that, that he played. Granted, it's probably only, I think, it's only his third game. Third game, yeah. You know, um, he finished the other two. He had other injuries prevented him from finishing the mm-hmm. other two. And I think that was a question of him coming out of college. We all knew that he had the... Um, the shoulder injury um, around the time of the draft, um, but I think just the way that he just plays that with that full-on attack, it, it is brilliant to uh, it's absolutely brilliant to see. And the amount of times he, he that him and um, Adrian Peterson um, came together, I thought that was quite a good challenge as well, uh, quite a good matchup and. Did you see the hit that he, where he stopped Peterson behind the line of scrimmage? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's not that many linebackers nice. in the league who can 
go one on one with AP and hit them mm-hmm. head on and stop him in his tracks because he's a tough runner. Um, I actually read a stat that he, Ruben Foster, actually played 75 out of the 77 defensive snaps on Sunday, um, which means he was pretty much there all the time. And I know when he went down, yeah, didn't he, yeah. with a, a leg injury? And everyone, I know on the on the um, on the game thread, everyone was kind of like, "Oh God, this guy's a bust. He's going to be injured. He's going to be friendly injured, and all this kind of stuff." And then, Two plays later, he was back on the field and, yep. and, and cracking heads. So that was really, really good to see. So speaking, keeping on the defensive side of the ball, the defense has been on the field for 634 plays this season, the highest in the NFL. Can you imagine how gassed they are right now? <laughs> the offense has been on the field for 597 plays. That's tied for second highest. This must mean that snaps per game is the most or up there, and probably that we have had a very high proportion of short yardage plays. Let's talk about the short yardage plays. Are Is that our high percentage play right now, do you think? Do you think we have to stop worrying about that, that deep ball? Um, well, we can't get hit the deep ball, can we? <laughs> <laughs> but we keep going for it. What the heck? <laughs> well, I think on this game, where is it? I mean, better stats. 24 of 51, so that's 51 attempts. And um, Height had 12 carries for 41 yards. Breida had one for one. Beathard ran it six times. And Juszczyk, um one for five. So that's only 14 dis- you know, design runs and 51, 54 pass plays that, that, that we're calling. And, you know... Hyde's averaging about four yards a pop each time. I'm thinking, just give him the ball, dude. You know, that's not that bad. You know, if you get four four yards every time, you'll move the ball down the field, you'll get first downs, you'll keep going. One thing that I'm, I really don't get about Shanahan at the moment is why we are so pass-heavy play selections over the run. Um, I think when you've got Hyde, you've got Breeder, just you know, just run the ball. I think I think he's changed. I think he's moving the ball away from the line of scrimmage because our O line is so bad. If you look at Hyde's receiving stats, he's got nine for eighty-four, um, an average of nine point three, and a lot of them will be just short dump offs or swing routes or something like that, whereby we're moving the ball away from the line of scrimmage because we're getting dominated in that area. Um, and as for the deep ball, you've got to let those players. Um, develop, haven't you? CJ Beathard isn't getting enough time to allow anything to develop. You know, he's he's literally got to get rid of it as, as, as quickly as he possibly can because he's he's getting hit or put under pressure. So, um, I like Hyde. I th- I like what I like what um, Shanahan's doing with Carlos Hyde. I think he's he's changing him a little bit and he's he's moulded him into more of a kind of Devontae Freeman style where he's not necessarily a threat. On a, on a draw play or on a straight rush, but you know, just a check, a quick check down, and and and, and let him run from there in a, in a more open field than than busting through the busting through the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that the short short passes are like getting Hyde out, and he's probably at the end of the day right now because of the injuries that we've got, he is our best player on offense with the ball in his hands, and getting the ball out to him on short passes is makes a lot of sense. But I, I think I would also like to see. I just I think I'd just like to see a lot more a lot more running attack. I mean I, I know that also like when you're back behind in two minute drill and stuff like passing comes into it a, a lot more than, than running the ball. But 
I don't know. Maybe I may call me old fashioned, but I think uh, I, I still I think I'm still a run first type of guy, and I would like to see Hyde do it a little bit more. Well, we've got that nice big fullback in Kyle Juszczyk to to block in front of Hyde, you know. But we have that weak offensive line that is not going to give Juszczyk the opportunity to to help create a hole. Is Juszczyk? Is Juszczyk? Yeah, I can't pronounce his name. The Juice. Is he made of glass? My personal fullback is Tom Rathman. He wears number forty-four, but he's just not as resilient as Tom Rathman. He's not. He's not as, you know. He seems to be getting hurt, hurt a lot and being injured quite a lot, and not and not being involved as much. So even even on a blocking point of view, there wasn't that many of him actually being a lead blocker. There wasn't a lot of him in the game at all. I mean, a lot of the formations that you see, it's just single back. There wasn't a lot of eye formation mm-hmm. or anything like that where you'd expect a, 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 you know, the juice. I'm going to say the juice because I still look just like you do, Graham. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you expect him to be in there, you know, blazing a trail, but it's just, I don't know. Whether he's just not up to the job as a, as a blocking fullback, but, you know, he came with a, high, a good reputation, didn't he? As being one of the best in the league. And I think we're all happy to see him arrive but it's just not happened for him has it you certainly get him pitied as if he's the best one in the league and I think that's another thing I think this year they might have a little yeah. back because he's getting paid on, on an awful lot of money and, we're, yes. and for me we're not getting value for money out of him well what yeah. is what would his role be in Shanahan's system then if he's not the big blocker I mean if, if Shanahan's not using him what is he there but, for? But is he not using him because he's not calling the running plays? That's what I'm asking you. Yeah. Well, he's not <laughs> using him because he's not calling the running plays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, well, more. Well, let's move on, boys. Uh, did you guys know we have a Niner Empire uh, GB group on Facebook? Yes. <laughs> making a plug yes. for our group on Facebook. We have a group on Facebook, the Niner Empire GB, and every week we post uh, a thread asking for questions from the group. And so this week, our questions are, well, they're not as uh, positive as they have been in last week, in the last weeks. Um, Kevin Herbert asks, can they explain why we are in this state? We seem to be left behind from the rest of the division in terms of progression. Two words. Trent Balky and uh, the legacy of his inability to draft well. Um, we've had such a huge turnaround of talent on that. It's the Rams, they've had a new head coach and they were pretty poor last year, but they had quite a talented roster um, already for the for this for that new coaching staff to come in and, and take on. Very similar to where we were when Harbour um, took over. That showed what the, a good coach with a good talented roster can deliver. We've got, in my opinion, we've got a good coach now, but we've got a, we don't have we've got talent in spots, but not but we don't have a talented roster, and we need a talented full 53-man roster to compete and win um, in this division. And that so I don't think we are lagging behind the Rams. It's just that we are in a different part of the rebuilding mode. I mean, don't I think? I mean, how many losing seasons have the Rams had on the trot? Is that like fifteen seasons, something oh, like that. 
a lot a lot more than the 49ers so they they've been rebuilding for a lot longer period than we have we we are we are just starting our rebuild yeah they've, they've got they've got a franchise quarterback and a franchise running back as well haven't they in Goff and, and Gurley um, and they also recruited well in free agency they picked up Sammy Watkins didn't they who's a field stretching receiver of, of some considerable talent so you know hopefully we look at next year and for for Goff and and, and, and Gurley read Garoppolo and Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. <laughs> we're still on the Barkley train are we <laughs> <laughs> well sticking within the division and the comparisons between the Rams and the Niners Stephen Box says I'm all for being patient but should we be more critical of Lynch and Shanahan I don't think you'd be crit- critical of Lynch. I think and if there's any criticism towards Shanahan, for me, it's around the, the, the play calling um, in terms of, of the balance of the offense. And, you know, I go back to the game, you know, right at the end of the first half, when we were just on, on a long field goal range and he chooses to punt, I'm thinking, why aren't you going for that? You know, are, are you saying, you know, are you really don't, you saying you don't have confidence in one, your kicker not making it? Or and two, the defense preventing a quick score, because that's that's kind of what that's saying. And I'm thinking, the position that we are, you go for that. Um, so I thought that was a that was a crazy decision. But that's the only criticism I have of um, um, of Shanahan Lynch. From, from what he's done, and um, from what he's come in to do, and and also the people that these that these two are. And I think a little bit of props have to go out to Jed York for making this higher. Because realistically, could you ever see Bilicek dealing Groffel to us if Trent Balky's in charge? I don't see that. That's not going to happen, is it? Mm -mm. Well, it's interesting that you bring up Jed York because I have noticed, and I'm sure other people have as well, as hated as Jed York is within the faithful, he has been basically invisible this year. You see him when they sign somebody big like Garoppolo, when they were signing their their uh, their draft picks and their free agents and presenting them to the media. But other than that, he has stepped back and let these two run the team. I agree with that because you know in, in the past he was was all, he was on Twitter a lot. He was sticking his his oar in a, a little bit, and mm-hmm. you know there was questions of, of leaks and yeah. And the other thing as well is. Who would have thought that the best part of Ken Balky's legacy would actually be Pragmarathi? I you know. know. <laughs> I think that is just, um, he seems to be coming out of the shadows as well into a bit more positive light. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think the, the, the front office has got its act together. There's, you know, no leaks, much better than that than there was previously. I, I agree totally. Anybody who says to uh, to Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick, if we can't have Garoppolo, can we have Tom Brady? Yeah. Has got some front. That was that, that, was, that was a brilliant story. I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's just brought an energy to the front office and a, and a bit of personality. I think my view of Trent Balky was that he was just mundane and just uninspiring. Whereas you can see Lynch being that kind of guy who will go. Guys, I'm in it as well. You know, I'm the I'm the leader of this 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 franchise. Follow me, kind of thing. And having Kyle Shanahan behind him as well, I think, like we alluded to earlier, it, it comes right from the very top. And I think 
it's it's a testament testament to, to Jed York that he's of his faith in those that he has actually stepped away and not necessarily felt the need to get involved. So I think there is a lot to be positive about, certainly from the front office, definitely. Well, and we do know that Lynch knows how to win. Yeah, that's that's the other thing with Lynch. He, he's he's been there, done it. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He, he was a Hall of Fame finalist and should have been in the Hall of Fame, uh, in my opinion. You know, he he was an an all time great at his at his position. So all 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 the players and all that they've got that natural respect from him because he's been there, done it. And, and and you can tell that that's influencing his decision because that was it was his locker room experience that said right okay when the Navarro Bowman situation came up right okay that's it mate your head's not in the right place thank you for everything that you've done see you later you, you know that one that no I don't believe Trent Balky or any other GM would have made that decision if they hadn't had that experience to recognise. This guy's head's in the right, not in the right place. He's now going to disrupt my locker room. Do, do, you, know, do you know what I mean? So I think there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Of, there's a there's a lot of positives around it. I, I agree. I think I think there's a lot of similarities between what Lynch is trying to do to what Ozzy Newsom did at the Ravens. Um, and he had that kind of. Obviously, he was a. I think I don't know whether he was a Hall of Famer or not, but certainly he played the game for a, a lot of years. To certainly up to, to a high level. And the team that he built there on the back of that, this is our house and we do it our way. And if you don't like it, you go. I think that, you know, there's a lot of similarities between what Lynch is trying to do and what Ozzy Newsom did at the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And they won a ring. Yeah, can we just skip by that? Because <laughs> I'm about the first one, the 2001 Ravens. <laughs> All right, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. We're ignoring the other one. That other one that, doesn't exist. That was a bad dream. <laughs> that other one did not exist. My wife is a Ravens fan, and we watched it oh. together. And yeah. Oh. yeah. Didn't speak to her for about a week. <laughs> she didn't complain, like, so. <clears throat> so, let's see. We've got a couple more questions. Mark Lyon asks, are we treated less favorably by refs because we're 0-9? Hmm. That's an interesting one. I don't know if it's because, it because, is. because we're 0-9 that we're treated less favorably. Um, there was a call, I can't remember who it was on at the, at the weekend, where they, where they picked up a flag because the, the, it was initially called as a pick play on, um, on, on based on part of the Cardinals, and they said, oh no, it's not a penalty, he was actually blocked. And you're thinking, that's exactly the same thing as Garcon was picked up on, shooting you out against Washington, and we lost us the game. We're not getting the consistencies in, in the referee that you would expect. Um, but at the end of the day, you've got to be good enough to overcome bad refereeing, and we are simply mm-hmm. not. So, um, I think I think there is a pretty different part to it, but I I don't know the underlying reason for it. But I'm, I'm sure there must be some underlying. Yeah, I'm pretty sure every fan of every team can say we're not <laughs> getting the rub of the green from the from the zebras from the zebras like because, but. You know, it, it's if we were if we were eight and one, and those calls had still had still had gone ahead, we wouldn't be whinging about them, would we? I don't think. Exactly. And, and part of being a referee or a zebra is it, it brings the human element into it. And you can you know look at replay all you want. Someone's going to interpret it differently than what you interpret it. And so there's there's very much that human element in it, isn't there? Yeah, yeah definitely. 
So our friend Nathaniel James asks, could we have some discussion around the 2018 draft? What positions possible key players think need to be filled? Yes, we will be. And because uh, I, I, there's going to be one debate, and I, and a lot, I think a lot will depend up on on draft position as to where we actually finally end up. And this game coming up on Sunday will, will greatly influence that um, that that position. But I, I think because you know the Sacklin Barkley um, our, our argument is going to is going to weigh on is like, do you take this? Mega mega superstar running bar running back out of college, you know, very very high up, um, where uh, you can see the impact that Ezekiel Elliott's done for the Cowboys and Lala Fournette's done on or for the Jags the Jags this year before he got injured. No, so you can see that the the value of having such a, a mega impact player, but then you've also got to way up onto, well, what else do we need? Because we also need on the line. We also need uh yep. well for me we need we need receivers for years. Um mm. you know, I th- we still need some uh, some some secondary cover and I'm 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 probably we also need a, a, a an edge rusher. Um you know, a, a younger elder Silver basically. So the, the, we have, we've got a team with a lot of needs and you'll never do it in one, one year in the draft, you'll never do it in two years in the draft. But it's like the the, the problem with the, the the running back for for me is okay. He might be this impact player, but you can get very functional running backs, very very good, that later on in the draft, and you don't have to take somebody that high. I mean, like I can I can remember Trent Richardson coming out with some or some some reputation and just. Lost massively, as did as did Reggie Bush, and you you know and and, and there there is an argument which you hear about is like okay, you know if you take a, a superstar running back, I mean look at um, how many rings he so what Adrian Peterson did, how many rings has he got? None. How many rings has Barry Sanders got? How many yeah. rings has Eric Dickerson got? And you think oh so you don't always necessarily need a superstar running back to be successful. But you can see the impact of them. So it's going to be a really, really hard debate. Well, and the other piece to that is, depending on where we land in the draft, we're, you know, we're going to get a high pick regardless. But depending on where we land, how valuable is that pick to help fill other needs if we decide not to draft Barkley? I, I think that, interestingly, that the the sound of Garoppolo puts us in an even stronger position because we don't need to go for a franchise QB now. We can go for Barkley if we want to. But similarly, there's a lot of other teams that have got a real need for a franchise QB, the Jets, Browns, uh, the Dolphins, and that all of a sudden that pick becomes so much more valuable. So mm-hmm. we can go one of two ways, I think. We either go and, you know, uh, Graham rightly said. So, I mean, Saquon Barkley is one of those one every five year guys that comes out of college, and you know, I agree with him to a certain extent that uh, you know you can have a fairly solid running back. But look at the difference that Ezekiel Elliott made to the to the Cowboys when they went with the same offensive line that they had the previous year with Alfred Morris, and he just he just chomped it up. I mean, I know we haven't got anywhere near that kind of offensive line, but can you afford to pass up on players with that skill set who have the potential to be? that guy 
Um, I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to find out. I mean, I'm, I'm, the O-line definitely needs work. I think we can pick those guys up further down the draft. I think we, you know, we've got a, we've got a second rounder. We've got quite, I think we've got two third rounders, which we can pick up three offensive linemen within with the, with those picks. And I think the wide receiver fill for me would come in would come in free agency. I think there's going to be quite a few really good receivers available in free agency that might want to just jump on board with this with this roller coaster ride that we're on at the moment, you know, and say, Do you know what? I'm gonna go help those guys out. I can be the number one receiver. You look at what Marvin Jones Jr. is doing at, at Detroit, relatively unheard of and he is pulling up trees this year. So I think there is obviously wide receivers out there that we can pick up in free agency without having to use draft picks. We're going to have fun talking about this for the next six months, aren't we? <laughs> the good thing about the free agency part of it, and again, this is linked back to Garoppolo for a bit, is that if you if we went after Cousins, and we got Cousins for, for, for in free agency, we will be paying him a heck of a lot of money. Now, what we will be paying Garoppolo, and what we will be paying Cousins, there, you know, there's a big savings. Now, that could be up to about $10 million in, uh, for next year. That's a top-class receiver. That's a top-class starter in the league. So, you know, having Garoppolo has given us a, a whole heap of options and put us in a much, much stronger position. Well, we made some roster moves this week as well. Um, welcome back, Logan Paulson, again. tight end. We re-signed him again. <laughs> He's a boomerang. I told you last time I was on. He's a boomerang. He did. <laughs> We also picked up Lewis Murphy, a wide receiver. He's 6'2", 200 pounds, originally drafted in 2009 by the Oakland Raiders. And throughout his eight-year career, he's been all over the Panthers, the Giants, the Buccaneers. Um, He's been in 88 games with 28 starts, registered 162 receptions for 2,322 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, we also activated Ronald Blair III from IR and promoted Daryl Williams Jr. from the practice squad. So we've got some bodies that we're filling in with. Will they make a difference? One will have to wait and see. We need somebody to make a difference. <laughs> That's for sure. So this week, uh, the Niners are home again. This is our second of three consecutive home games uh, to take on the New York Giants at 125 Pacific Time. Uh, the Giants lead the series all time, 20 to 19. Our last meeting with them was a 30-27 win for the Giants in Week Three of 2015, when even touchdowns by Hyde and Anquan Bolden couldn't prevent the Giants from winning. So, what do we? We they've a very different Giants team this year than they were the last time we met them. Yeah, well, they're another team that's been decimated by injuries, so you, particularly on, you know, particularly on the receiver front. Beckham Jr.'s uh, not there, not playing. Uh, Brandon Marshall's not about. So it's good that they don't have any receivers because we don't have any corners that can cover us. <laughs> exactly. It works out really, doesn't it? It might be an interesting game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and there's 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 rumours around that the Giants head coach is considering benching Eli Manning in the, for the game oh, as well. No. I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. We, we, yeah. we, want, him to, we want him playing, don't we? He's been, he's been, he's stunk the place out. He's been terrible. He's been just as bad. He, 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 he has been terrible, but if that's the case, I'm going to have to watch that because he, he, he unfortunately, I drafted him in my fantasy football team and he's my backup quarterback. <laughs> and my start, my, my starter, Derek Carr, is on their bye week, so I mean, Manning's playing. <laughs> 
idea. <laughs> well, and we know little to nothing about Davis Webb, who is their backup, the Giants' backup. So that sounds kinda, like a golfer. Doesn't does, he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the with this the the plaid knickerbockers and everything. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The Giants have won the last six of the last eight meetings and are currently on a one-game winning streak against the Niners. Of the 27 matchups in San Francisco, the Niners lead 11 to nine. Although that math doesn't add up, Mark. Um, yeah, this could be an entertaining game. It could be a dog. Which way do you guys think it'll go? I mean, the Giants were horrendous against the Rams, weren't they? Um, how many points did they concede? Was it 51 points? Fifth, yeah, 51 to. Seventeen, uh, and uh, you know they can, and, and the Rams converted on the third and thirty-three for and converted that into my sixty-yard touchdown. So the Giants aren't aren't a strong team, but then neither are we. I, I you know, and I think that for the first time this this year that we're actually favourites for a game. One point fi- We're favoured by, by a point. point. Wow, yeah. <laughs> <That's huge. laughs> we're favourites. You think we're coming to spread? <laughs> this has got overtime loss written all over it. Oh, it? don't say that. <laughs> as long as it's not another game where neither team wants to win, I'm good. <laughs> It'll be 6 3 in overtime. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so, a boring game. Great. Okay, so that's this weekend. Are you guys ready for the two minute drill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Yo, I, yeah. 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 Okay, so I've got two minutes on the clock, starting now. Graham, does Garoppolo play at least one drive against the Giants? Simon, at this point in his tenure, what grade do you give Shanahan? B plus. Graham, uh, at this point in his tenure, what grade do you give Lynch? Um, A plus. Oh. After what you did with the draft, getting Garoppolo, what, what, what more can you, what more can you say, really? <laughs> You know, I think that he's fantastic. Right, sorry, move on. He's coming to Carlos Hyde alone. Deserves an entrance. <laughs> Simon, Eric Reed, given his position change experience, does this signal a probable release at the end of the season? I hope not. I think he's a really gifted safety. I want us to keep him. Graham, are there any players at this point guaranteed to be on the roster next season? And Garoppolo is what tag him. Simon, the acquisition of Garoppolo has changed the whole dynamic around how we may draft next year. Which position would you draft with your first pick? Running back. Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Graham, London's very own Jacksonville Jaguars are tied at the top of the AFC South woo-hoo, with the Titans at 5-3 and three, and have a defense on course to beat the sack total of, of the 83 Bears team. Are they a realistic Super Bowl contender? Um, they come on, um, I'm going to caveat that if Fournette comes back from injury that they can go a long way in the playoffs um, if not, no Okay si- uh, Grant, uh, Simon <laughs> after losing their opening two games the Saints have won six straight to top the NFC South are they a realistic Super Bowl contender? Yeah, I think they've got the house in order anybody with Drew Brees in their team will go for We are out of time. 
Okay, so let's look at who do we think will win versus the Giants this weekend. Graham? I'm going to say the 49ers can win this game. Um, the, the Giants' lack of offense, I mean, like, it's not like the Cardinals who've got um, Adrian Peterson that can run right or Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys or a Carson Wentz. I don't think they've got the, the star players that our defense can cope with. So I think our defense will win that battle. Um, it's all dependent on what, whether or not we can get any sort of time to better to allow him to throw the ball. If we can, then we will win that game, and I think we'll win it quite comfortably. Um, and even if we don't, you know what I'm going to say? It'll be closer. So if we put pressure on Bethard, it'll be a close game. If we can give him some time, we'll win it comfortably. Simon? I think... I don't want to jinx it, but I think that we'll win. <laughs> I'm so frightened of putting the, putting the muckers on this. I, I really do think I really do think this is this is the game. Um, I think that I think that Hyde will have a big game. I think that um, their defense is, is is pretty poor at giving away. I mean, the uh, the Rams got a lot of points um, through the air. I don't necessarily think that's our best route to the win. But I think the check down passes to Callisade. I expect Callisade to have a big game uh, and feature quite prominently this week. I would say that we will win by a touchdown or two. Oh, well, I know that the Giants suck. I know that we suck, but I think we can beat them. But I think we're going to win on a safety. Just because. Uh, so that's our show for today or for this week. Um, thanks to audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to our friends Mark Lyon, Andrew Mitchell, Deepak Gohill, Paul McDonald, Rob Newell, Daryl Nils Hanman, and Graham Ross for all the work they do on the group and the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB and on Facebook, search for our group, the Niner Empire GB. Also, be sure you check out our Frequency 49 blog on Podbean or in your favorite podcast site. You can also email us at Frequency49show at gmail.com. It's time to say goodbye, boys. Goodbye, boys. (laughs) On behalf of Simon Holdsworth and Graham Ross, I'm Kat Victorino. Thank you for listening. Goodbye for now.